Coast 104.5. Up and at him in the morning. Thanks for hanging out on the phone. Sheriff Ian Parkinson, what is up? My man, long time no speak. How have you been, sir? I've been good. How about you? How was uh, the uh, vacation? Oh, vacation was great. Did one week in a place called Bear Lake. It's up there on the Utah-Idaho border. It's this crystal blue lake. It's somewhat, I feel like, undiscovered. A lot of for sale signs and a lot of undeveloped areas, but it was just like this little gem at around 5,000 feet. And then the second week we spent in St. George, Utah, which was cool. Very nice. Never never been there, um, but I've heard nothing but great things about Utah. Yeah, a lot of fun. So yeah. fun. Yeah, you've been, and man, you've been busy here, huh? This tw- I mean, 2020 in all aspects. And I'm just looking at some of the docket that I've had to talk to you about, because we haven't been on the phone in a little while. Uh, first thing, um, there was an active shooter situation. Well, I mean, recently, but we'll talk about that in a second. Early, mid-June, Nick Dreyfus, one of your officers, was shot in the face. How is... Uh, Nick and his wife, and how are they right now? You know, they're doing, uh, thanks for asking, they're doing, uh, I think, uh, incredibly well. I mean, both uh, both are uh, unbelievable people. Um, Nick, you know, had uh, a, you know, very near-death experience um, being, you know, being shot where he was. Um, but uh, physically, he is recovering well, Um but you know you gotta you know you, you talk about his wife you gotta you gotta worry about her as well because you know getting that call in the middle of the night um, is something you never forget and so they're they're working through but um, he's got you know great attitude great spirit his his uh, partner who you know also was present and witnessed it is um, doing well and uh, we'll we just hope to get him through and get him back. You know that's that's the important thing, and and it, a bad situation, uh, unfortunately, um, but it could have had um, much more um, severe, um, awful ending. Well, it was interesting because there were so many different associative um, agencies affected. From I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, an Arroyo Grande policeman, a King City uh, sheriff's, um, there was a Tascadero. I mean, a lot of different agencies make up these this SWAT team and. You know, at a time when some people are yelling, like, defund the police and this nonsense, it's like, wow, look at all these people coming together to, to mitigate this situation. I mean, I, it really was a time where watching all these agencies come together to help what was happening in Paso was rather remarkable. Yeah, no, it was. Um, we have... Uh we have great partners, and and you know, even though it might not be their community, um, we had Kings County, uh, we had Kern County, um, you know, everybody, Santa Barbara County, everybody willing to come up and and help protect our community. So that that's definitely a bright spot to know that we have that, and that we have people that are willing to risk themselves for it. And 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 uh, and unfortunately, like I said, uh, you know. You don't want these things to happen, uh, particularly in your community. And and we are we're kind of in an interesting bubble here because we don't have shootings very often. Um, you know, south of us in the Santa Barbara County, they they have them, you know, quite a bit. I mean, and so we're we're fortunate. So when we have something like this happen, particularly two events in three months, um, it's it's definitely concerning and troubling. And then you know, both these active shooter situations, one happened as recently as last week. This dude was from. Bakersfield. Uh, he yeah. was taken out at the scene because of what he was doing. What do we know about this this Hoffman uh, guy, and why was he here? What was he doing, and what went down? 
Well, he just came over uh, to visit, and uh, when he was, um, he just come come into town. He um, really there was, he has you know no criminal background at all, um, and it it really boils down to probably a uh, mental health episode because and there was there there was no 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 indicators or history um, that this guy had any um, you know any inkling to you know commit an act of violence and it's it's you know kind of kind of goes to our our mental health situation in this nation right now what was uh, was he fighting with this woman he was a bystander it was a, a gal rather with him uh, and I guess nothing we don't think she was involved I guess but what 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 brought that to that situation I don't understand uh, that's that's a very good good question. We're we're sorting that out now, but there there was no indication of any issue between them. Um, he pulled up and, and got angry and and uh, um, pulled a gun. Um, oh. And so there, that it's it's one of those things is you know what what triggered it. But there is um, certainly no indication that there was any type of um, dispute going on uh, between them. As someone who works in law enforcement, and you know, ideally you you know, were trying to solve these problems, solve these crimes. When you see something that just doesn't add up like that, like I mean, a mental health episode with a gun, and you know, this could have been a ton worse. Uh, does it frustrate you? Like, no, I'm supposed to be able to solve these and fix these, but I don't know that I don't know where where we can fix that. How do we fix that? Yeah, I I, I think it it. it starts with services um early services early intervention i mean if you talk to a lot of families that have somebody that's suffering from mental illness in their family they get very frustrated because um it, particularly if the person's an adult they have no control and and the services are limited and what can be done and so i, I think we need a you know a revamping of our system um, and and you know I'll point it out, and I pointed it out yesterday, Adam, in the press conference that you know, hey, just just because somebody has you know mental illness doesn't mean they're going to be violent. Um, that that that's a small percentage, but it's still the same issue that people are you know are suffering, and we don't have um, the laws in place or the services in place um, to truly. Um, to, to really offer them much, and that's the problem. That's why the can is kicked, you know, down the street to, you know, ultimately to law enforcement. And I think some of these groups, you know, talking about shifting services and stuff, you know, I, I uh, there's most most, you know, law enforcement would would love to not be uh, the ones responsible for those calls, but you also have to find people willing to do that particularly if you're not going to give them any tools to protect themselves. And it's going to end up being a law enforcement partner, and, and we're doing that. I mean, we're right now we have a, a deputy or two deputies and uh, two uh, uh, crisis uh, mental health workers assigned as partners, and they handle those calls and handle people that, you know, that we know are, are suffering from mental illness. And, and I think it's a, it's a really workable, proper combination. We've been doing it for, you know, several years now, and it works. But expanding that is, you know, it's one thing being able to contact them and de-escalate and, and, and have that dialogue. But the, the bottom line is, is that's kind of a Band-Aid to the issue. The issue needs to be, you know, we need more services and we need laws that allow parents, even of, uh, you know, the 21-year-old, the um, to, um, to be able to um, get 
some type of assistance and have some rights. Um, and unfortunately, the, the the law's written you know differently right now, and we just don't have the services. So we're I think everybody's doing the best they can, but it's not enough. The, yeah. the, I think nationally we need to do a better job because you're seeing these things pop up everywhere. I mean, in San Luis Obispo, you know, all over the nation, and we need uh, we need to do something about it. Where there's so many things we don't know about it. Um, with, you know, our, our certain drugs uh, triggers for, you know, for schizophrenia? Is it, uh, is it exacerbating it? I don't know. I don't know the answers. The medical professionals have to answer that, but it's very obvious that we, we're having issues in every community across the, the nation. All right, coming up, I want to ask you about, uh, I mean, if 2020 hasn't, we got Sheriff Ian Parkinson on the phone. If 2020 hasn't been crazy enough, a uh, human foot's, in Templeton. Also, uh, Santa Barbara made the biggest meth bust ever. I want to talk to you about Ponga boats, if that's still a thing up in here. Maybe they're going to Santa Barbara County because uh, you guys got that on lock up here. I want to ask you about that. And also uh, this free Tiana rally and the latest on that whole situation. We'll come back with Sheriff Ian Parkinson. It's Coast 104.5. It's Up and Adam in the Morning. This is Up and Adam in the Morning. My name is Adam Montiel. Thrilled to be back with you here on the phone. Sheriff Ian Parkinson is up and at him in the morning. And thank you for taking the time because I know it is not a busy day, week, month, year for you. So all the times that you do come on and share with our audience in a in a candid and just like open way, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you personally and professionally. Oh, well, thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. I, I always like talking to you. You know that? Oh, let's get a human foot. Now, did you guys, Nancy, drew this? What happened with the human foot? Did you figure out where it came from? Yeah, it came from an auto accident a couple miles away. Um, uh, unfortunately, a, a, a vehicle, single vehicle accident where, um, where the driver lost both feet. And somehow, which is the biggest mystery of how it got that far away. It's got to be a bird, uh, right? Pardon me? It's got to be a bird. Yeah, you would think an animal. Um, that's very possible, and it might. It's probably going to be an unsolved mystery. It's you know, it's a tough one because you you know the, the fortunately the driver survived, but you know obviously it's you know it's um, sad that you know it happened and a very unusual story. Obviously, caught a lot of attention. Yeah, because not only when something like that happens, obviously you could tell the victim doesn't have a foot, and then you probably have the officials. Men and women are looking for a foot, and then well, there was a there. The other added part was in the accident. It was a fire, and oh. so the car was was I think pretty significantly burnt. So you, you gotta you gotta realize also it's not as if that you know they just missed it. It you know that a nighttime accident with a fire and yeah 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 you know, severe injury was the, um, was the foot burned. Uh, there was it was partly burned. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I would guess a bird. I mean, you'd think, but what a weird, weird story. Um, the biggest meth bust ever in Santa Barbara County came on a Ponga boat. You have a lot of experience with Ponga boats um, because they, they, I mean, you, we used to read about them coming here often. I don't know what you and this team have done, but I, I imagine, I mean, I don't hear them as much here. Are they going to Santa Barbara County because we kind of sealed up what, what they were doing here? They just can't get in through here? Well, I would hope to think so. I mean, I, you know, we've we've we haven't had one quite a while, and we're always, you know, on the lookout for them. And we do receive funding for patrols specifically for that. I mean, we we had a lot of success in catching them, and certainly, if you're the one sending product up, 
um, or people up and they're getting caught, um, you look for areas you, you know, you can get away with. So uh, we, you know, I like to say that it's because we did a really good job of catching people and, and making it really clear that we're watching. And, you know, we, we do, you know, we, when we do do work, we do also have our, our boat that uh, was actually paid for by uh, federal funding to protect the border. So we, uh, I, I think we've done a good job. But this was coming, Adam. I mean, this was we talked about this quite a bit because a lot of well, well, all of the that we saw was marijuana. And as the California market gets, you know, kind of I think inundated with more marijuana, it becomes a less value, valuable commodity. But you know, all of your your other drugs, heroin, meth, and coke. Um, are still coming into the U.S., and so this this uh, uh, this was not surprising for us to hear. But it was a tremendous amount of illegal drugs that they prevented from from going on the street. And I think we're gonna we're gonna see more of that. There's too much value in some of that um, those drugs coming in that it, it's not going to continue to happen. So well, three thousand pounds on a ponga boat. I don't understand how you can weigh that thing down so much. That's nuts. Oh yeah, but some of those boats, you you know, you recall some of the ones you know we got, you know, like the super pongas that were that are big boats. Yeah. Um, still not a great ride from from Mexico up here, um, as far as I'm concerned, on the ocean. But the fact is, is they're fast, um, they're very seaworthy, and and they can carry loads. So you know that's exactly what they tried to do and got caught. And who knows. If you know others have gotten in that way, but you know our our suspicions are as the as the border tightens down, we're gonna we're gonna see this activity again because it's you know the profit in it is is what they're doing. When you know, what well, I mean, the times where a ponga boat will quote unquote like get away with it, right? Is it you just find an empty ponga boat on the shore and go, oh, that's I guess, or do they bring it in on a ramp? I mean, that may be a stupid question, but when they do get away with it, how do you know? You just see an empty ponga and go, oh, bummer. Yeah, typically we've, you know, we've had pongas that have landed um, in the past that we found the next day um, empty. And uh, a lot of them, um, I mean, who, who knows the ones that might come in, drop off, and go back out to ocean, you know. I, I, what we were finding early on was is they're one-way trips. You know, they could, they could afford to, to abandon the boat and not take any chances. Um, but who knows what's happening? Who knows if they're offloading onto, you know, private vessels at, at sea or they're, they're landing and then going back out. It's tough, you know, it's tough in some of our shores to to land and get back out, but it's definitely doable. And, and, and so, we, you know, there's a lot we don't know, um, but the ones that we do know that were found abandoned or the ones we captured, they were planning on leaving the boats yeah. and just unloading their products. So we don't know what's come up in the past other than what we've caught. And this is this is the first one, and obviously a, a record uh, amount coming in, and it goes to show that you know this is probably going to continue to happen. So um, since we've last talked, we got Sheriff Ian Parkinson, who's up in Adam in the morning. Um, there were you did a, a, a speech for a, a local group in Paso, was talking about masks, and then you did something else. You're talking about uh, a racism, and, and I felt like some of these quotes of yours uh, took a lot of heat. What, did you feel like you were um, misinterpreted or misunderstood, or where where do where do these things stand when you say something, or maybe you you do a video for a group and it comes out, and you're just like, hey, this is this is what I meant, this is what I mean. Make sure you get me, don't get me twisted here. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to own your words, and I own my words, and and I, you know, certainly was never looking to offend anybody, and and it wasn't, it, you know, it was an observation that you know that I had made, and and um, things that I you know had said with you know with probably not clear you know explanation, but. You know, I, I, you know, I just like you on the radio. You, you know, you speak your mind. You speak what you see, um, and and absolutely understand that that they're of concern to people. There's always somebody concerned the other side. Whether you talk about mass or whether you talk about racism, and we all know that racism occurs everywhere. There, and we want we want nothing more. I'll speak for myself. I want nothing more to eliminate it. Um, and you know, as a community, I think. You know, we um, we need to work together to do that, and I'm hoping that you know, moving forward, that's that's what we do together, um, and and not be in a situation where we are we are you know challenging people um, that are not racist, um, and we're actually um, supporting the people that um, that are seeing it and and doing our best to eliminate it. Yeah, I, I I totally hear what you're saying, and also I feel like you know we have the for that free Tiana rally today, and it's like I think there are probably a lot of people who definitely agree with you and agree with the sentiment that we can't we have to have equity and, and racial equity, and no one wants to live in a place uh, where racism is um, is doing its thing and rearing its ugly head. But we also probably don't want people on the freeway blocking cars and blocking pregnant women from advancing to the hospital or nurses getting to the work. I mean, we probably also don't want that, too. So we, we can want those things and not be racist. Yeah, no, I think it's, a, you know, the freeway thing is a matter of safety. I mean, we've got a, you know, we have a responsibility for the safety of people on foot, but also on cars. And I think people, you know, don't understand that, you know, it, it, it's very dangerous to shut down traffic on the freeway, even in a controlled manner. And that's why you have professionals with Caltrans and the High Patrol that have traffic plans in order to do it safely so you don't come around a corner and found out find out the you know the cars are backed up because the freeways closed that's why all that early signage is to help warn you and prepare you because it's very difficult you know to stop a car when you're doing you know 65 plus miles an hour and it's very dangerous i mean we have freeway fatalities all the time because of because of that and and so i it it it's just something that if somebody were to strike somebody on the freeway whether it's their fault or not to have to live with that is is a very big burden, and and we don't want that. And I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier in the shootings. I mean, you know, there's there's no happy endings to these things. You know, yes, we you know have to do our job, but at the end of the day, um, they have to live with that the rest of their lives, and and it's not not an easy thing um you know and when it comes to a an accident like that that is is absolutely avoidable and extremely dangerous we just can't we can't allow that to happen what do we know about what's going to go down at 10 a.m there <laughs> looks like there's going to be a, a press conference and a march today uh said to be completely peaceful i'm sure uh that's great news to you know everyone involved and oh how what do you how, when you hear something like that how do you kind of you know monitor the situation and make sure it stays that way but I guess it's also the police too. I mean, you're not, and you're not in the, you're not the police department either. Yeah, I mean, it's their, it's, it's the police department's responsibility, and they ask for what they assistance that they need, and you know, obviously we provide it. 
Um, we always want them to be uh, peaceful and safe um, and encourage that, um, you know, obviously supporting people's right to protest, but also making sure at the same time they're safe. So, you know, I mean, in any any protest, no matter what the reason, um, I think, you know, being supportive yet um, yet making sure that it's done in a safe manner is, is our number one goal. So, you know, we're hoping today that, you know, they have a a good rally and that they are not uh, and that they're going to uh, not you know endanger anybody or or um, you know cause any issues um, and you know that's that's going to be um, up to them it's um, Sheriff Ian Parkinson is up in Adam in the morning well man I appreciate you always coming on the show and and hanging out I know times are very busy for you a lot going on and when you come on and share with us it really it's always, uh, it always means a lot. Thanks for being straight with us, my man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for being up and Adam in the morning, Sheriff Ian Parkinson. See you, buddy. Up and Adam in the morning.